Hey sis, welcome back to Girl Goodnight. I'm Return of Lamac, and every Sunday you can relax to binaural beats while I read you a melanated bedtime story. Tap into the show on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. All links will be in the episode description. Submit original work and future episode suggestions to girlgoodnightpodcast at gmail.com. Help your friends sleep in melanated peace. Girl, share the show and show us some love with a five-star rating and review. Tonight, we'll be reading Paper Heart, written by Keisha Irvin. Tune in to Paper Heart Chapter 1 to hear more about the author and a summary of the story. On last week's episode, Scotland and Knight get into their first argument as they struggle to define their relationship. Now, close your eyes, take a deep breath, and sleep in melanated peace. I really can't be too mad. The crazy bitch still had you first. Jenny LeVette, not good enough. Chapter 15. Let's practice our numbers in Spanish. Scotland sat Indian style on the playroom floor of the Fraser's home. Busy and Liam sat before her playing with their toys. They were barely paying her attention, but she was determined to get them to learn. Busy, say uno, she encouraged. Mucho tron. Busy said in Vietnamese instead. We're practicing Spanish today, sweetie, so say uno. Uno, Busy groaned. Dos, Scotland encouraged Liam to say as well. Liam, say dos. Ho, Liam cracked up laughing. No, that's a bad word, Scotland shrieked. Ho, 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 ho. Liam covered his mouth and laughed hysterically. I'm going to whoop you, Scotland warned. No, you're not, Liam giggled. Scotland couldn't even get mad because she knew she wasn't going to spank Liam either. Besides it being against Mr. Fraser's rules, she was too tired to spank him anyway. Her shift was over, but she'd agreed to work overtime. The Frasers were having dinner guests and needed her there to keep an eye on the kids until they went to sleep. Scotland couldn't wait to get home and lie down. It didn't help that she was missing night like crazy. She'd only seen him once since he came over to her house. It had been almost two weeks. The reason they hadn't seen each other is because he said he was swamped with work. Scotland tried to be understanding, but dating someone to only barely see them wasn't what she signed up for. They talked every day, all day, nonstop, but there was nothing like seeing him face to face. Wanting to hear his voice, she called him. She was disappointed when he didn't answer. Scotland poked out her bottom lip and placed her phone down. Seconds later, Knight texts her back. Messages. Vague contact. Hey boo, what's up? A little perturbed that he decided to text her back instead of call, she responded. Messages. Vague contact. Nothing. Just wanted to talk. Why you texting me back? Bay. Cause I'm in a meeting. Scotland found it kind of odd that he would be in a meeting that late at night, but went along with his story. Bay. Okay, well, I ain't want shit. Just hit me up later. 
Knight replied back and said, I, okay, gremlins, Scotland sighed. It's time to take a bath. She got up off the floor. She left the kids to play while she went to the linen closet to grab some towels. Mr. and Mrs. Fraser were down the hall in the living area getting prepared for their guests. They both looked like movie stars. Mr. Fraser wore a Berluti soft plaid jacket, cream colored fitted tee, linen cotton blend flat front trousers, and Berluti brown Gaspard slash toe leather shoes. Mrs. Fraser matched his fly by wearing a black La Petite Robe de Charaboni off the shoulder peekaboo jumpsuit. The chic jumpsuit accentuated her long legs and modelesque frame. Her red hair was up in a sleek ponytail, which showcased her five carat diamond earrings. The two of them looked fabulous together. They could have easily been featured in Vogue magazine. If you didn't know any better, you would think they were the perfect couple. They weren't, however. Mr. Fraser hardly ever talked to Mrs. Fraser unless he absolutely had to. He acted as if she got on his last nerve. Mrs. Fraser felt the cold shoulder he was giving her. However, that didn't stop her from trying to break through to her husband. She was determined to get their marriage back on track. She felt that deep down inside, he had to still love her. As Mr. Fraser tried his best to avoid Mrs. Fraser, Chef Pierre cooked up a fantastic meal. The house was filled with the aroma of sauteed onions, garlic, and mushrooms. Scotland was hungry as fuck and wanted some. Chef Pierre always looked out for her and sat her aside a plate to take home. The kids had already eaten dinner. All Scotland had to do was bathe them and put them to bed, then she could go home. As she pulled two face and body towels from the linen closet, the doorbell rang. They're here, Mrs. Fraser sang, doing a quick jog to the door. Hi. Hi, love. Linen air kissed each of her cheeks. How you doing, Maggie? Knight gave her a warm hug. Come on in, she stepped to the side. Lennon walked in and smiled seductively at Paul. All she could imagine was tearing his clothes off and fucking him right then and there. Whenever she and Knight had dinner with the Frasers, she and Paul's sexual chemistry filled the air. Lennon played it cool and sauntered towards him. Paul, she said sweetly, air kissing his cheek. Lennon, he wrapped his arm around her waist and held her a little longer than he normally would have. You look beautiful, he gushed, finally letting her go. Maggie smoothed her hair back. She hoped the pain she felt inside didn't seep out onto the surface. Paul hadn't even acknowledged how she looked. Maggie couldn't even hate on Lennon though. She looked phenomenal. She wore a fitted red and white printed cardigan, white crop top, and a long red and white flower print flowing skirt. Maggie diverted her attention from the hole in her heart and on Scotland, whom she saw in the hall. Scotland, honey, come meet our guests, she called. Knight's eyes instantly flashed toward the direction of the silhouette coming down the hallway. It can't be, he thought as Scotland neared. His heart sank down to his knees. He had no idea that Scotland was the Fraser's nanny. Scotland tucked the towels underneath her arm and prepared herself to act as if she was interested in meeting the Fraser's guests. 
The bright smile on her face vanished as soon as her eyes connected with Knight's. Her heart almost fell out of her chest as she spotted Lennon standing beside him. Knight and Lennon, this is our nanny Scotland. Scotland meet Knight and Lennon, Paul's colleagues. Maggie grinned oblivious to the awkward tension in the room. Don't I know you? Lennon squinted her eyes. You look oddly familiar. She focused in on Scotland, trying to remember where she knew her from. I crashed into your car back in August, Scotland replied, wanting to die. Now I remember you, Lennon looked at Scotland as if she smelled. Nice to see you again, Scotland. Knight held out his hand for a shake. Scotland swallowed back her tears in her throat and placed her small hand inside his. She wanted to slap the fire out of him, not shake his damn hand. He lied to her. Scotland was furious. She'd never be able to look at him the same way again. She now questioned everything he had ever told her. All the nights he said he was busy with work, she now wondered was he just laid up with linen. It was becoming crystal clear that she was nothing but a glorified side chick. Scotland felt like a dummy. She couldn't continue to allow Knight to play her. She could no longer be blinded by his mesmerizing eyes or poetic words. It was all bullshit. It didn't help that she looked a hot ass mess. She didn't have on a stitch of makeup. Her hair was in two braided pigtails. She wore a ratty old Obey t-shirt black leggings, and Jordans that she'd had for years. Every time she was in Lennon's presence, she looked like a ghetto banshee. So, you all know each other? Paul asked, surprised. Sort of, Lennon replied. Like she said, she and I got into a fender bender. Austria here backed into my car. You mean Scotland? Maggie corrected her. Did I say Austria? Lennon laughed, knowing damn well she butchered Scotland's name on purpose. Forgive me. Names escape me. I have to go give the kids a bath, Scotland said to Mrs. Fraser. Sure, go ahead. Scotland didn't bother giving Knight or Lennon a second glance. She had to get out of that room before she broke down in tears. She quickly got the kids into the tub, closed the door behind her, and allowed herself to cry. Hot tears scorched her cheeks. She couldn't tell if all the things Knight had told her were lie or the truth. Did he truly care for me like he said he did, or was it all game? Fuck this, she said underneath her breath, wiping her face. Sniffling, she began to bathe the kids. Back in the living room, the couples made small talk while drinking wine. Mmm, Lennon placed on her wine glass. Paul, I hate to talk business right now, but I need your advice on a client of mine. Maggie, do you mind if I steal your husband for a minute? He's all yours, Maggie said, draining her glass. Paul, do you have somewhere we can talk privately? Lennon asked with a devilish look in her eye. Yeah, he arose from his seat. Baby, I'll be right back, Lennon assured Knight by placing a soft kiss on his lips. Paul led her to his home office. The two of them didn't waste any time getting physical. Lennon fervently bent over his desk. Paul unbuckled his belt and unzipped his pants. Fuck me, Lennon ordered. 
Paul lifted her skirt. She wore no panties, just like he requested. Paul grinned and inserted himself deep inside her walls. Lennon sunk her teeth down into her bottom lip. She was in sheer agony. Each thrust of his dick made her want to scream out his name, but she couldn't. His wife and her fiancé were only a few feet away. Lennon held onto the desk and willed herself not to make a sound. Paul watched as her ass cheeks jiggled. He pounded her pissy at a feverish pace. He loved the way her cream covered his dick. Paul closed his eyes and relished the feel of the electric current soaring through the limbs of his body. He didn't even bother pulling out as he came. He came long and hard inside of Lennon like he always did. Coming to, Lennon soaked up every drop of his semen. Her body had been craving that quickie. With Paul, she felt like they were equals. He was on her level in every way. If she had it her way, they'd be getting married and living happily ever after. That was fantastic. She turned and kissed Paul passionately on the lips. If we had enough time, I would suck your dick right now. You know how I like it when you suck it. He slapped her hard on the ass. Come on and clean up before Maggie and Knight come looking for us. He handed her a few tissues. Lennon wiped the leftover juices from in between her thighs and threw the tissues in the trash. After straightening their clothes, she and Paul left the office as if nothing had happened. There you two are, Maggie plastered on a fake smile. Dinner is ready. Good, cause I'm hungry. I've worked up quite an appetite. Paul rubbed his stomach. Me too, I'm famished. Lennon winked her eye at him and took a seat at the table. Lennon, are you okay? You're sweating profusely, Maggie questioned. Lennon patted her forehead so she wouldn't ruin her makeup. I think I'm just having a hot flash or something. She fanned herself nervously. Knight wondered how he could make his way toward the back to talk to Scotland. He had to explain to her why he lied. Excuse me, I need to go wash up before dinner. You remember where the bathroom is, right? Maggie asked. Yeah, down the hall and to the left, Knight responded. Yep. And hurry up, we're ready to eat, Paul declared. Knight shot him a quick thumbs up and walked down the hall. He didn't know which room Scotland was in, but he was determined to find her. Scotland was in Liam's room. She'd already put Busy down for bed. Now it was Liam's turn. She stood at his changing table, applying lotion to his legs. Knight silently crept in the room and closed the door. Scotland didn't even know that he'd entered the room. I need to talk to you. He said in a low tone, scaring her. You scared the shit out of me. She jumped, holding her chest. Look, I was wrong for lying to you. I just didn't know how to tell you what I had going on tonight. I knew you were going to get mad, and I didn't want to argue with you again, Knight said truthfully. You ain't got to explain nothing to me. We good, she said nonchalantly. We ain't together. You ain't got a front. I know you mad. You got every right to be. He tried to come near her. Uh-uh, move back. She slowly elbowed him in the stomach to push him away. You better get back in there with your fiancé. We don't want nobody to get suspicious, now do we? 
Scotland shot sarcastically. Come on, Scotland. Don't be like that. Knight tried to reach out for her arm. I told you to move. Scotland shot him a death glare. If he touched her, she was sure to black out and hit him. Knight caught the hint and backed away reluctantly. He didn't want to leave, but he had to get back to Lennon. He was under enough stress as it was. Knight shook his head, heated, and left the room. He would have to deal with Scotland after dinner. Thank God he's back. Paul raised his hands in the air. Now we can grub. Get down with the get down. Ain't that how y'all say it? He teased Knight. Knight eyed Paul sideways as he sat down. I don't know what you're talking about. Knight replied, not amused by Paul's humor. Lennon could sense his tension. Calm down, baby. It was just a joke, she whispered. Joke my ass. He placed his napkin on his lap. Knight was not in the mood for Paul's racist-ass comments. Dinner smells delicious, Maggie, Knight said warmly. Yes, it does, Lennon agreed. I can assume you didn't make it, she quipped with a laugh. Stunned by her backhanded compliment, Maggie took a sip of her wine before responding. No, Lennon, I didn't. Cooking isn't my thing. That's what Paul tells me, Lennon smirked. Maggie looked at her husband devastated. She couldn't believe that he discussed their marriage to another woman. Oh, really? She cocked her head back dismayed. I mean, you can't cook, Maggie, Paul scoffed. It's not like I lied. Maggie didn't even bother responding. Her feelings were beyond hurt. She worked a full-time job, then came home and took care of their kids by herself while he sat on his ass and watched Sports Center. She tried her best to be superwoman and cater to his needs. All he did was put her down every chance he got. Maggie didn't know how much more she'd be able to take. Dinner is served. Chef Pierre placed their food before them. Tonight, I prepare braised short ribs, creamy polenta, and mushrooms. Enjoy. He nodded and backed out of the room. This looks delicious, Paul said, ready to dive in. Lennon looked down at the food and immediately felt sick to her stomach. Out of nowhere, she felt queasy. Knight couldn't concentrate on eating either. All he wanted to do was talk to Scotland. He couldn't imagine what was going through her mind. They'd just spent a magical few days in Miami. They confessed their hopes, dreams, and fears to one another. He felt himself falling for her. Pangs of love filled his chest. He didn't know how much longer he'd be able to hide it. Knight, you haven't touched your food, Maggie noticed. And neither have you, Lennon. Is something wrong with the food? We can have Chef Pierre prepare something else if you like. Nah, I'm good. I just have a lot on my mind, Knight replied. I hope you're thinking about our wedding. There's still so much that needs to be done. Lennon took a sip of her drink. Who knew that planning a wedding would be such a headache? I love planning me and Paul's wedding. Maggie smiled fondly at the thought. It seems like ages ago. It feels like it too, Paul chuckled. Excuse me, Scotland entered the dining room with her purse in hand ready to go. Knight looked over his shoulder at her. Scotland avoided his eye contact and looked the other way. 
The kids are asleep, so I'm going to head out. No, join us. Stay for dinner. Maggie got up and pulled out a seat next to her. I don't want to intrude. Plus, it's late. Scotland shook her head no. Nonsense. I insist. Maggie pulled out a chair next to her. Maggie, this was supposed to be an intimate dinner with just us and our friends, not the help. Paul said, disgusted by the thought of breaking bread with Scotland. First of all, she's not the help. Scotland is practically family, Maggie insisted. I should go before things get out of hand. Lord knows I don't want to turn up in here tonight, Scotland said, ready to blow. She was not in the mood for Mr. Fraser's bullshit. It was bad enough that the man she secretly loved was only inches away from her and she couldn't even acknowledge her feelings for him. I see her mouth is still reckless, Lennon remarked, rolling her eyes. I swear, finding good help nowadays is nearly impossible. Chill, Knight warned. What? Lennon shrugged. Chef Pierre, can you bring Scotland a plate? Maggie said over her shoulder. She's joining us for dinner. Maggie made Scotland sit down. Scotland reluctantly sat at the table. She leaned back in her seat with her purse in her lap. She wasn't about to eat a thing. She felt sick to her stomach just being there. She did everything in her power to avoid eye contact with Knight. If she looked at him once, she was sure to break down and cry. It was hard enough to comprehend that she was about to share a meal with the man she loved and his fiance. Scotland was a tough chick, but she wasn't built for this shit. Chef Pierre placed a plate in front of Scotland and gave her a look of encouragement. He knew she needed it. The tension in the dining room was so thick you could cut it with a knife. So, you two, Maggie pointed her fork back and forth between Scotland and Lennon. Got into a car accident? That's how you all know each other? Well, I don't really know her. She and I obviously don't run in the same circles. Lennon said defensively. You'd be surprised, Scotland said with a sudden fierceness. No, honey, you run with the Mike Browns of the world. Lennon folded her arms across her chest. What the fuck is that supposed to mean? Scotland fumed. Yeah, clarify that shit. Night Ice grilled her. Let's be serious here. She and I are not on the same class level. Lennon said firmly. No, we're not, because I have more integrity in my pinky finger than you have in your whole entire body. Scotland sat up straight. Bougie bitches like you make me sick. You think because you got a little bit of money that makes you better than me or less black? The zeros in your bank account don't mean shit, because like Mike Brown and Trayvon Martin, your ass will still get killed just because of the color of your skin. You better wake up, bitch. Scotland snapped. How dare you speak to our guests like that? Paul threw down his napkin furiously. Who do you think you are? Do you not know your place? Whoa, Knight scooted his seat back. What exactly is her place? You talk to her like she's a damn slave. Let's not make this a racial thing because it's not that at all, Paul clarified. Then what is it? Knight challenged. Come on, Knight. She's not like you. She's not like us, Paul reasoned. Paul, you sound absolutely ridiculous, Maggie said, flabbergasted. No, 
I'm being realistic. We're all college-educated, cultured individuals. People like her just want to listen to three chains, get a head full of gray weed, smoke weed, and let people like us finance their ghetto lifestyle. I'm sick of it. I've worked too hard while people like her sit on their ass and do nothing with their lives. And they wonder why the police shoot them. Lennon shot Scotland a mock glare and grinned. Before any of them knew it, Scotland leapt across the table and grabbed Lennon by her throat. Glasses, plates, and floral arrangements flew everywhere. Struggling to get away, Lennon waved her arms and kicked her legs, frantically causing her chair to fall back. She and Scotland fell to the floor in a thud. The fall didn't cause Scotland to loosen her grip on Lennon's throat, though. Scotland! Maggie screamed in a panic. Get your hands off of her! Paul raced around the table and tried grabbing Scotland. Fall back, homie. Knight pushed Paul out the way. You ain't gonna put your hands on her. Scotland, let her go. Knight pulled her off of Lennon. Lennon held her neck and gasped for air. You crazy bitch! I'm gonna sue you for everything you have, Lennon declared. You ain't gonna get much cause let you two racist motherfuckers tell it I ain't got shit no way, which I don't, Scotland spat. Mommy... What's going on? Busy entered the dining room, rubbing her eyes. Baby, what are you doing up? Maggie rushed over to her and picked her up. I heard you all yelling and I got scared. You I Knight looked Scotland over to make sure she was okay. Are you seriously asking her if she's okay? Lennon said in disbelief still on the floor. She just attacked me. And you deserved it, bitch. Scotland lunged at her again. Knight held her back. Knight, why are you sticking up for her? Lennon yelled. You barely know her. You should be over here with me. I'm your fiance. Did you not see what she just did? Paul questioned. Scotland looked at Knight. This was his chance to tell the world that he loved her and wanted to be with her. But instead, Knight looked at her with sorrowful eyes and said, Cause I understand where she's coming from. I get it. Scotland nodded her head. A million tears filled the brim of her eyes. He just disrespected everything that they built. Scotland was better than this. She didn't deserve to be treated like a dirty little secret. Hell, Knight was no better than Paul and Lennon. He might have cared for her, but his actions showed that he was ashamed of her. Fuck this bullshit. I quit. Her voice trembled. No, Scotty, you can't go, Busy began to cry. Scotland looked at Busy with tears in her eyes. She didn't want to leave, but she had to. She would not be disrespected by anyone for a paycheck. Scotland was done being the victim. She didn't utter a single word. The look of pure disgust on her face said it all as she grabbed her purse and stormed out the door. Are you still up? Girl, good night. 
Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big. 